Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I told you last week that we are, this month, we want to talk to you about service, service to one another, and service to God in the local church. And I gave you, let's have that outline, I gave you four basic commitments of the local church. We're to be, number one, committed to practice the one another's in the local church. And then number two, we're to be committed to use our spiritual gifts in the local church. And then number three, we are to be committed to submit to the Lord and leadership in the local church. And then finally, number four, we are to be committed to support the mission of the local church. Committed to practice the one another's. Committed to use your spiritual gifts. Committed to submit to the Lord and the leadership of the local church. And then finally, committed to support the mission of the local church. And so far, if you've been with us, we've covered the first two in our four-point outline. I'm just curious, who's been here for the first two of our outline. Just show of hands. Just show of hands. All right, raise your hand nice and high because there's a lot of you and I can't really see. Okay, that's most of you then. That's really good. We covered the first two points. If you missed uh, the first two points, you can pick up a CD copy uh, in the bookstore. And uh, this morning, we come to point number three. We're to be committed to the Lord and leadership in the local church. Last week I told you that when you become a Christian, let me have your attention, please. Last week I told you that when you become a Christian, um, you are uh, transferred from, I said it like this, you're transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You become a Christian. And you are forgiven. And God has poured out his grace upon you. And there are many, many, many other things, many Many other things that happen the moment, the split second that you become a Christian. It's pretty amazing. It's a great Bible study for you Bible students. But one of the many things that happen when we become Christians is that we are given a spiritual gift. Every single one of us are given a spiritual gift according to the Holy Spirit. And God has given you that gift that you might use it for the church. And again, I point out that God has given you that gift that you might use it for the church and not that you might use it for outside of the church. Um, 
many times we find ourselves involved in uh, Raleigh Rescue Mission and Habitat for Humanity and Durham Rescue Mission and so on and so forth. And these are all good causes and these are all um, great, great uh, uh, outreaches and uh, what they call parachurch uh, ministries, if you will. Um, although um, it is out of order to use the gift that God has given you um, outside of the church first. God's given you that gift so that you can become a part of the body of Christ and that you can use that gift uh, among the body of Christ that you might make the body of Christ whole and healthy. Um, I told you, we talked about the church uh, is structured uh, very much like the human body, when you think about it, very much like the human body. The human body has a head uh, in the church. The head is who's saints? Jesus. Y'all act like y'all didn't know. Uh, the head is who, saints? Jesus. Jesus Christ. The head is Christ. And then we're talking about the church being much like the human body. In the human body, you have a skeleton. Yeah, we have a skeleton. And you might want to think of the skeleton as it relates to the church as the basic foundational truths of the local church, the skeleton. And then like the human body, you have in the human body, you have internal organs. You've got the heart and the kidney and the lungs and the intestine and the pancreas and all of these kind of internal organs. And you might want to think of in terms of church life, the internal organs would be the leadership of the church, the leadership of the church. And then like in a human body, you have muscles and extremities and the muscles and extremities, the parallel in the church might be the function of the ministry. And then, of course, you have the flesh, the flesh, the skin, the flesh, which would be compared to the form that the ministry takes place. So the human body and the church are structured much alike, I see. And in the human body, the head is critical, but the internal organs are critical as well. Because the internal organs, if they fail, the body doesn't function. The leadership in the church are much like the internal organs, as I said. And if submission, listen to me, if submission and leadership are out of order, eventually the body will fail. Eventually the body will shut down. So point number three, as we come to point number three, committed to submit to the Lord and leadership in the local church is probably, arguably, um, one of the most important points uh, because, um, because of the internal function and because of the nature of, um, of what God has called the leaders and the internal functions of the church and what they're to do. So, very, very important topic uh, this morning. Hebrews chapter 13, saints, we're going to look at one verse and then we will uh, chat from there as we deal with point number three, committed to submit to the Lord and leadership in the local church. Hebrews chapter 13. Y'all got your Bibles? Everybody all right? Hebrews chapter 13, we're looking at verse 17. If you're looking at verse 17, I need you to say, I'm looking at it. Some of y'all ain't looking. Mm -hmm. Look at verse 17. Hebrews 13, verse 17. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Obey those, and the writer tells us, we don't know whether it's Paul or whoever it is, but we know the writer tells us, to obey those who have rule over you and be submissive. Why? 
Somebody read it with me. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Let me give you the definition again. I gave it to you last week. Let me give it to you again. What it means to be committed to the local church. What exactly does it mean to be committed to the local church? Well, it means, listen, that a person plants themselves in a local church with the heart and the idea of giving their life to serve the people of that church. It also means that you partner with that church for the purpose of seeing God's people edified and God glorified. Let me read that again. What it means to be committed to the local church. It means that a person plants themselves in a local church, plants themselves in a local church with the heart and the idea of giving their life to serve the people of that church. It means that you partner with that church for the purpose of seeing God's people edified and God glorified. Now let's begin here. The church. The church is called the church of Jesus Christ. And the reason the church is called the church of Jesus Christ is because the church is the church of Jesus Christ. That was profound, wasn't it? Deep. The church of Jesus Christ is called the church of Jesus Christ because the church is the church of Jesus Christ. It is his church, not man's. It's his church and not man's. Okay, so I take you 25 miles northeast of the Sea of Galilee, 120 miles from Jerusalem. We come to a place called Caesarea Philippi. And it is there in Caesarea Philippi that Jesus says to his disciples, he says, hey, fellas. He says, what's the word on the street about me? What are people saying about me? Or who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And the disciples said they say a lot of things, Jesus. Some people are saying that you are reincarnate John the Baptist. And some are saying that you are Elijah because Elijah was a miracle worker. And some are saying that you were Jeremiah because Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. And they said, Jesus, some people don't want to deal with it. So they're just lumping you into the pot with a host of other Jewish prophets. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Isn't that the million dollar question? Not necessarily what men say, because men say many things about Jesus. You can go to South Point Mall and ask people, ask 10 different people, what do they say about Jesus? And you'll get 10 different answers. Well, he was a good person. Uh, he's a nice guy. Um, he healed some folk. Um, he was, uh, he was, Jesus is, is just all right. Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Um, you'll get a lot of different answers as to what. But the million dollar question and the question for you and I to answer is, who do you say that he is. Not even who does your grandmother say he is. 
Oh, who does your grandfather who was a preacher and he preached for 50 years and he went on to be with Jesus? Who did he say he was? The question is, who do you say that Jesus is? Because when you stand before the Lord, listen, saints, when you stand before the Lord, that's the only thing that's going to matter is what you think about Jesus. What do you say? Well, Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And you know the story. Peter piped up and said, well, you're the anointed one. You're the Christos, the Christ, the son of the living God. And I wasn't there, but Jesus probably smiled and said, blessed are you, Simon, but Jonah, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father, which is in heaven, has revealed that to you. And Peter, if I know Peter, like I think I know Peter, Peter probably said, all right. I got one right, finally. And the other disciples probably said, you know what? I was going to say the same thing, but he said before I said it. But I was going to say the same thing. And Jesus goes on to say, upon this rock, don't you know it's saints? Upon this rock, rock I shall build my church. And what? Somebody say it with me. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. You got your pen? Let me give you three quick things about the church. Number one, Jesus is the master builder of the church. Men may build a church with brick and mortar and men may build an organization with hundreds of thousands in membership. But Jesus and Jesus alone is the builder of the true church. And I don't care how many letters you have behind your name. Hmm? MDiv. DD. Doctor in Divinity. Uh, DVD. Uh, <laughs> Whatever, D, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If God doesn't build the church, the man labors in vain. Can I tell you something? That's why you can go to school for 10 years. You can get your master's. You can get your doctorate and, and, and plant a church. And we've all seen it. But it doesn't grow. Why? Because God builds the church, not man. The Bible says the Lord, Acts chapter 2, right about verse 47 says the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. God is the one who builds the church, not man. Jesus and Jesus alone grows the church. Number two, we're talking about three quick things about the church. Number two, first of all, Jesus is the master and the builder of the church. Secondly, Jesus is the owner of the church. Write it down. He's the owner of the church. Did you know that? Jesus said, I will build my church. Did y'all get that? He is the architect and the builder. He established it. He's the Lord over it. He purchased it and he will bless it and maintain it. I think of Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. It's his church. And Jesus loves his church, by the way. And if you don't like the church, you don't like Jesus. Jesus is very, very intimate with his church. Jesus' church is a place of help and healing by the word of God. And somebody once said, the church is not a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners. That's true. Jesus is the master builder of the church, number one. Jesus is the owner of the church, number two. And thirdly, finally, the church is invincible. Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, the power and the dominion of Satan will be no match for the church. Jesus says, I'm going to build my church and even hell won't be able to prevail against it. So my point is this, saints, the church belongs to Jesus, not man. 
Jesus is the founder and the foundation of the church. Jesus established a local church. And here we go. And has ordained pastors and shepherds to guide and lead the church. Jeremiah 3.15, write it down. Jesus said, or God says, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. The role of the leaders is to watch over your soul and to pray and to protect you. And your role in the church is to submit to those leaders. And by submitting to the leaders, you're ultimately submitting to the Lord. Notice in verse 17 again, I want you to look at it. Obey those who have rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account and let them do so with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Hebrews tells us to do two things in reference to leaders. Number one, submit. And number two, obey. Number one, submit. Number two, obey. Now the word submit, look at me, please. The word submit is kind of the S word in church. As soon as you say submit, it's kind of the S word, but some... Even the mention of the word causes hair to stand up on the back of their neck. And the reason, I think, is for a couple of two reasons. One, we don't understand what biblical submission is. And secondly, because we live in an anti-authority culture. And unfortunately, this anti-authority spirit has slipped into the church. You know, a preacher by the name of John Stott said, seldom if ever in its long history has the world witnessed such a self-conscious revolt against authority. That is so true. People don't want to be told what... Are y'all listening to me? People don't want to be told what to do. Not even by God. Let's alone the pastor. People don't want to be told what is wrong and what is right. We're, we're living in a time when everybody has their own truth. Don't we hear that a lot? Uh, this is my truth. I need to walk in my truth. Listen, there's only one truth. You don't have your own truth. There is one truth. Jesus said, I am the way. Y'all come on, help me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except by the Son. There's one truth. And that truth is Jesus. But people don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to Submit to the truth. They don't want to obey the truth. And it's unfortunate, even in the church, you hear people who even disagree with truth. Even disagree with truth. If something is not according to their truth, if you will, even if it's biblical, people just go to a different church until they hear something they don't agree with at that church. And then they go to another church. You know, it reminds me of this story I heard of this Baptist man who was stranded on a desert island. And when the rescuers found him, they saw three buildings on the island. And they asked me, they, they said, what's that building? Well, that's my house, the Baptist man answered. Well, what's the second building? That's my church, he said. Well, what's the third building? Oh, that's where I used to go to church. <laughs> and the story... It's about a Baptist man, but it could be applied to any Christian. You don't like what you hear from the leadership or the church, so instead of submitting to the authority that is placed there, might I add, by God, you simply leave and join another church. And you know, I've always found it really interesting, this whole submission thing. 
Do you understand, parents? Let me help you. Submission starts at home. Submission starts with teaching your children to obey at home. If you don't teach them, let me tell you something, you will live to regret it. If you don't teach your children submission and teach them their place. I'm from old school, y'all, so y'all forgive me, all right? I remember when I was coming, I'll wait while you clap your hands. I remember when I was when I was coming up, when I was coming up, your mom or your even your neighbor would tell you, you know what? You out of place. Am I right about it? I remember your neighbor would smack you upside the head. Y'all remember that? I mean, and then you go to and you go tell your mom, mom. She hit me in the head. I, I said something, and then she hit me in the head. And then your mother goes, Psh. What'd you say? I said this. You should have said it. Nowadays, man, you some, some, nowadays you, you tell somebody kids, see what happened. And I mean, I get it. I get it. Nobody wants anybody, and I get it. We live in a different culture. But my point is this. You've got to teach your children submission at home. You've got to teach them at home. You, you cannot. Listen. When I was coming up, look, asking your parents or asking your mom, I'm raised by a single parent, you guys know that, asking your mother why, like your mother said, look, I want you to go clean the kitchen, after you clean the kitchen, I want you to go clean your bedroom, and then go clean out, then go clean out the basement. And, and you didn't say why. Nowadays they go, why? What for? Why I got to do that? Let me tell you something. When I was coming up, when you, if you said why, by the time you got out, what? You were picking yourself up off the floor. Where, where, am I right, people? Am I right about it? Picking yourself up off the floor. You don't ask your mother why. And that starts with submission. It starts with obeying. So I learned that at home. My mother was a single parent. She taught me that at home. So they're not going to the military. I guess I didn't get it. I go into the military. And my first, my, honestly, it was a long day of travel. Went to the military. And, and first thing they did was cut off your hair. They cut my beautiful afro, <laughs> which I told y'all I will have in heaven. I'm telling you, the reason you don't have because you don't ask. So I already asked the Lord, give me an afro in heaven, and I'm going to have an afro, and I'm going to have a big old pick in the back. <laughs> it's going to do just like that. Watch. You watch. You'll see. Y'all don't believe me, but you'll see. And I'm going to find you in heaven. And I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna say, hey, see? Look, I'll be patting it like this. My afro going to be big. So I'm in the military. They cut my hair. First thing they do is cut your hair. Long day. Get on the plane. I think I told you this. On the plane, long day. I went to Great Lakes, Illinois for boot camp. And... Um, and a uh, long day, we finally find ourselves in, 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 in the rack. They call it, in the military, the bed is called the rack. So we're in the rack, and uh, I got the top one. I'll never forget, it was like a squat bay, three high. So I got the top one. I guess I was the last one, so I got the top one. Okay, fine. I'm so tired. It's like 2 in the morning. I am beat. And, and, and it wasn't an hour and a half or two hours. The lights flip on. This guy, who is big as... Godzilla <laughs> comes banging, 
trash can. I think he had trash can pots or something. I don't remember. Trash, but it was loud. He had bang, bang, bang. Lights are on. Get out of the bed, you maggots. Get out of the bed, all you maggots. You ain't at home. This ain't your mother's house. Get out of the bed. He's talking all this stuff, and I'm like, does he not know I'm from Philly? We don't roll like that. You don't wake me up like that. You wake me up nice. You come over to my thing, go, Rodney. Sweetie, it's time to wake up, Rodney. You wake me up screaming and lights on and carrying on and people jumping all out their beds and carrying on. So I'm like, I'm on the top rack, my I'm like, I ain't getting out of bed. It's too early. I ain't even got to sleep yet. It's too early. It's too early. You, you come back in a couple of hours, okay? You know, and everybody's all getting up. I, I, I didn't hear anything else. All I felt is gravity. <laughs> As he walked over to my bed and literally flipped my mattress off the top, and I'm going down to the floor, and that was my first introduction to submission and obedience. <laughs> You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.